Encyclical Letter Quod Nunquam on the Church in Prussia by Pope Pius IX. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Encyclical of His Holiness to the Prussian Episcopate To our Venerable Brethren, the Archbishops and Bishops of Prussia, Pius Pope IX. Venerable Brethren, Health and Apostolical Benediction. Remembering as we do the stipulations concluded between this Apostolic See and the Prussian government in the 21st year of the present century for the benefit and welfare of the Catholic cause, we should never have thought possible that, which has actually and most lamentably come to pass in your country, Venerable Brethren, to that repose and peace which the Church of God was enjoying amongst you, there has succeeded a grievous and unlooked-for tempest. But the other day, there were proclaimed laws militating against the rights of the Church and inflicting, by their operation, severe punishments on many of her faithful and conscientious servants, both amongst the clergy and lady. To those laws there have since been added others, tending to the total overthrow of the Church's divine constitution and the destruction of the sacred rights of the Episcopate. For these laws attribute to lay magistrates the power of depriving the bishops and other ecclesiastical authorities of their dignity and of their Episcopal jurisdiction. These laws have, moreover, placed numerous and enormous difficulties in the way of those called to exercise lawful authority pending the absence of the pastors who rule the flocks. These laws empower the chapters of the metropolitan churches contrary to the canon law to elect vicars capitular at the time when the see is not vacant. To mention no other points, do not these laws authorize even the mayors of towns to appoint in the place of bishops men who are not even Catholics? and to confer upon such men ecclesiastical property destined for the support of the clergy and of the churches. Unhappily you, venerable brethren, know but too well the mischief, the vexations, and evil treatment occasioned by these laws themselves and by the manner of their execution. We say no more on the subject, because we are unwilling to augment the grief of you all by reminding you of these sad events. But we are unable to keep silence on the subject of the evils that have afflicted the dioceses of Fosen-Yesen and Paderborn. Our venerable brethren, Mitislas, Archbishop of Fosen and Yesen, and Conrad, Bishop of Paderborn, are still most unjustly declared to have forfeited their sees and are deprived of their episcopal authority. Their dioceses, too, remain bereft of the blessed direction of their excellent pastors, and are overwhelmed with distress and trouble. It is true, indeed, that when we remember the words of our Lord, we ought rather to congratulate than to pity those two venerable brethren just named. Blessed shall you be when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. St. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Those venerable brethren have not been terrified at the imminent danger nor at the punishments with which they were threatened. 
Not only have they defended the church's rights and caused her precepts to be respected, but they in common with the other pastors of your country have held it an honor to receive an unjust judgment and to allow themselves to be punished with penalties appropriate only to criminals. Thereby they have afforded the most brilliant example of virtue and have given edification to the whole church. Although we owe to them rather our loudest praises than tears of pity, nevertheless, the lowering of the episcopal dignity, the blows struck at the liberty and at the rights of the church, the persecutions inflicted on the bishops above named and on all their colleagues, require that in virtue of our apostolic power given to us by God, we should raise our voice in denunciation of those laws and against the bad actions which they have done and which they are causing to be done, and that we should defend against impious violence with all energy and the divine authority the liberty of the church now trodden underfoot. In fulfillment of the duty of this apostolic see, we do publicly declare by this present encyclical to all whom it may concern, as also to the whole Catholic world, that these laws are null, because they are utterly opposed to the divine constitution of the Church. For it is to the men of power of this world that the Lord has made subject the bishops of his Church in all that concerns his sacred service, but to Peter, to whom he committed his sheep and lambs. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 21, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, no temporal power, however exalted, has the right to despoil of their episcopal dignity those who have been appointed by the Holy Ghost to govern the Church. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, verse 28. To this sad state of things must be added the following fact, which is unworthy of a noble nation, and which, as we may well expect, will be, even by non-Catholics, who are yet impartial observers of events. These laws are excessively harsh and threaten with the severest punishments those who disobey them. They have the armed forces on their side, and they place peaceable and inoffensive citizens in the unhappy and pitiable situation of men who are oppressed by irresistible power, merely because their conscience bids them to resist these laws. One would say that such laws are made for slaves constrained to obey by terror, not for free citizens, of whom may rightly be expected a reasonable obedience. From what we have now said, it must not be imagined that those are excusable who, through fear, obey man rather than God. But especially guilty are the sacrilegious men who dare to take possession of churches and to perform ministrations therein relying on the support of the secular arm. Such persons shall not escape the justice of God. On the contrary, we do hereby declare that all those sacrilegious persons and all who shall in time to come commit similar crimes by usurping an ecclesiastical mission shall in virtue of the canon law be smitten de facto and de jure with the greater excommunication. We exhort the pious faithful not to assist at any mass celebrated by those men, nor to participate in the administration of any sacrament by them, and to avoid their company and their conversation, to the end that the evil leaven may not spoil the good peace. Amidst these tribulations, your courage and perseverance have afforded us great consolation under our sorrow. The rest of the clergy and the faithful have imitated you, venerable brethren in the painful conflict in which you are engaged. 
So great has been their firmness in safeguarding Catholic rights and duties. So praiseworthy has been the conduct of each one that they have drawn upon themselves the eyes of all men, even of those who are most remote and have won their admiration. How could it be otherwise? As great as is the misfortune of soldiers who have lost their commander, so great is the glory of that bishop who sets an example to his brethren in the faith. Alas, that we are unable to afford you some alleviations in your troubles. But, renewing and affirming once more our protest against all that is being done, contrary to the constitution of God's church and to her rights, protesting also against the violence so unjustly resorted to in your regard, we assure you that our counsel and our instructions suited to the circumstances shall never be denied you. Let those who are your enemies know that you commit no offense against royal authority and do nothing to its prejudice when you refuse to render to Caesar that which is God's. For it is written, We ought to obey God rather man. Let them know that every one of you is resolved to pay tribute to Caesar and to obey him in all things appertaining to the civil government and that not by constraint, but for your conscience's sake. Therefore, be of good cheer. Go on as you have hitherto done, fulfilling all your duties and obeying the law of God. And great shall be your reward, because you shall have exercised patience and been unwearied in suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. Look unto him who has gone before you in tribulation far greater even than those which you have endured, and who was made subject to the pain of death an ignominious and cruel death, in order that those who believe on him might learn to shun the favors of this world, and not to be dismayed at its terrors, to love tribulations for the love of the truth, and to fear and fly from the allurements of the earth. He it is who has placed you in the front of the battle, and he will grant to you the strength that you need for the conflict. In him we place all our hopes. Let us submit to his will and implore his mercy. You see that what he foretold is already come to pass. Then trust in him. He will give you all that he has promised. In the world ye shall have tribulations, but I have overcome the world. With faith in that victory to come, we humbly pray the Holy Ghost to grant you his peace and grace. In token of our special favor, we grant you with all our heart and to the whole of your clergy and all the faithful under your charge our apostolic benediction. Given at Rome at St. Peter's, the 5th day of February, in the year 1875, and of our pontificate, the 29th, Pius Pope IX. End of Encyclical Letter, Quod Nunquam, on the Church in Prussia, by Pope Pius IX. Read by Maria Angela Aragon.